You know, the world right now is a really unsettled place. And for such a time as this, women play a most important role in history as peacemakers. The goal of Ladies of Liberty Sound Off is to affect the lives of women in an empowering way through discussion of important issues of the day. So, are you ready? The Ladies of Liberty are ready to sound off. Well, I'd like to talk a little bit about how the coronavirus has affected education, the private sector, both the public sector, and how it has influenced the unions that are wrapped up in all of this, the political aspect of it, and how the new administration at this point really is not correcting any of the problems that we are facing. You have a union organizations that are saying, well, we don't want to go back to school because we're afraid of coronavirus. When the when the proof is in the pudding that the coronavirus really, the survival rate is quite high. And the fact that children do not necessarily catch it or spread it like adults do, this whole aspect of continuing to keep our schools closed, mostly in our liberal states in the United States is all political. Why would a teacher want to go back to work if they can get paid staying home? I mean, let's just face it. Wouldn't you like to get a paycheck for doing nothing? The virtual class is not the same thing. Our children are not getting the exposure that they need to get, nor are they allowed to excel at a rate that is generally a normal way to excel as a student. There's not the interaction between the children. There's not that interaction between the teacher. There's just so much you lose when you close your schools and you force children to learn virtually or on a Zoom or whatever means that particular school district decides is the best way to teach school. Now the teachers have decided I'm gonna get paid so I'll stay home. But the ramifications of not allowing our children to attend school publicly is it falls back on the family as well. One of the parents is going to have to stay home with that child. Generally, it's going to be the mother. And so if she's a working mother outside of the home, she very well may lose her job or her position that she has achieved in that company. And then being able to go back into the workplace after all of this, if it ever does, come to a completion is going to be minimal or nothing at all. And so financially, it is putting a strain on families. It's putting a strain on companies because now they are either looking for replacements. And then what if a family decides, okay, both mother and father are gonna work. We're gonna have a caregiver come in and sit with the, my child and help them learn. Well, they're not gonna give that child the expertise that first of all, a teacher is going to give them. And then secondly, a parent would give them. Now we do know that some of the private schools like the Catholic schools, they are opening up and they're doing well. We do know that some of the states like Texas and Florida, 
And I believe uh, Kentucky and Tennessee and Alabama, just to name a few, have opened up their, their classrooms and they're doing school just fine. I live in Texas. Our children are doing fabulous. Yes, once in a while, a child will be ex exposed or come down with it and they deal with it and we move on just like you do with the flu. And, and by the way, has everybody noticed there is no flu season? We've virtually cured the flu. So that's my idea right off the bat. What do you think, ladies? Do you have any opinion about what you are seeing going on? You know, the schools need to be opened up. The kids need to be going. It's the teachers because it's the ones that they have the loudest voice and griping about it because sure, they can stay home and they don't have to worry about it. But, you know, Lysol, um, when my husband and I had it, we had a HOCL and we uh, diffused that through just like those old diffusers in the house. And then I brought some to my office for my secretaries to diffuse and that kills the coronavirus. The teachers, I knew that they, here in Oklahoma, they're open. So they had their diffusers going and, and like uh, the fire departments and uh, were giving out the uh, hydrochloric acid to diffuse in there. So, cause that kills the virus. And it's just that small little group because I used to teach and I have friends and family that teach and they want to the kids to be in school they know it's hurting them so a good teacher with a good heart they want the kids there and they want to go to work that's what they do for a living they enjoy it so it's just that small little group just throwing a bit and wanting probably to get paid and stay at home because you know that they're not learning as well with the virtual type system they have set up. Yeah, and it's there, I mean, there's a couple of things to this. The unions that are really making the fuss about going back to school, that's all about money. They, they want more concessions in order to go back. That has nothing to do with our children. They're, they're not advocating for our children. I, I agree that the teachers themselves, they generally do want to work. There are a percentage though that probably have that attitude about getting paid and not going back, or there might gen genuinely be some teachers that are concerned about COVID, but we now have the vaccines and they can get the vaccines. And there are so many mitigation things that they've done in schools with partitions and with new ventilation and all they've spent millions and millions of dollars of our money making these schools workable to mitigate any COVID risk. And the proof is in the pudding that schools are open and they are doing well. And private schools, Catholic schools, other private schools have been open since last August. And we don't see a problem with COVID, be, you know, overrunning the school and overrunning the teachers. It's just not happening. The CDC also has said that it is a time to open the schools. They said that before President Biden was elected, and they still say it now. Now, President Biden said that he was going to open the schools. That was one of his campaign promises. He was going to open the schools right away, and he was going to follow the science and follow what the CDC said, and he has not done that. So the newest word from his press secretary 
is that, well, you know, within a hundred days, we'll open maybe 50% and maybe uh, kids can go one day a week in person. And that is not what was promised at all. And my concern about this with our children is first of all, all children don't learn virtually the same way that they learned in school. We all agree to that. The big thing that they don't have is they don't have the socialization. They don't have the protection. You know, most child abuse is found out through teachers at school. So if a child is being abused at home, they are now being probably more abused and there's nobody to report it. So that's a really big concern of mine because that percentage is higher than you would think. Also, there are many kids in our country who do not live in the cities, who do not have access to adequate internet. I have friends who teach their kids and they are on um, a satellite type of internet and it goes out all the time. And a lot of these families in poor areas cannot afford to pay for computers, cannot afford to pay for internet service. So that these kids are just lost right now. And we are not considering that. We're, we're looking at those kids in the cities who, you know, upper middle class who have all these tools. Our kids don't have all these tools. We are losing, you know, I, I wouldn't say a generation of kids, but we are, we are losing a, a big percentage of these kids are losing so much from preschool to high school to, you know, till high school, 12th grade. They're losing so much in their sports, in their education, in their socialization, in their protection. Some kids get fed by going to school in the lower income areas. There, there are so many reasons to put our kids back in school. Well, this, the schools offer programs that your home isn't going to offer. Now, I'm not saying that the schools take the place of your home, not that at all. We just are not able as families to offer as many of the different things in a school, a public school or a private school that you would get, whether it's uh, specialized teaching for children's for children that are excelling in a particular area, they can go ahead and move at a rate that is better for them or children that have maybe some learning disabilities. There's also programs for them that will bring them along so that they're not left behind. And we can't do that in our homes as well as the schools can do them. And like you said, Linda, the just the programs for feeding our children, you wonder in the inner cities because of the devastation that has gone on in the last year with the different riots and things, uh, these children, a lot of them are probably not getting fed regularly. The parents cannot afford oftentimes the wherewithal to provide adequately for their children. And so a lot of these kids are on food programs, they're on after school programs. And it's just, it's horrifying to see that our country and people will use the suffering of others 
to better themselves. And that's what I'm seeing. And that's what makes me so angry is that people are willing to sacrifice an individual or many individuals so that I can get ahead. I see it in so many areas, not just the school areas, but in so many areas. And it just makes me angry. Tracy, why, why do you think that states like your state of Oklahoma and our state of Texas, Florida, some of the other states that Becky mentioned that are open and school is working just fine, but then you see California, New York, and many other states, Chicago and Illinois, Chicago is obviously not a state, um, but Illinois, uh, Michigan, all of these other states that will not open the schools. Why do you think that's happening? I don't know, Linda. I don't, I don't have an answer for why people act the way they act. I know that to be successful, and I've learned this in my life, that when challenges come on you, that you need to do the appropriate thing at the appropriate time. And you just got to keep going. I mean, they got to go to school. If somebody gets it, if a teacher gets it, then they've got to, um, they've got to adjust to that, you know, situation. They've got to either quarantine, they've got to, I mean, as of right now, like I was working and I might've had it in the secretaries, they didn't get it. I mean, there's so many unknowns. You just got to keep going. And if somebody gets it, stay home, do your quarantine, come back to work. It's like the most devastating thing the United States has ever dealt with. No, it's not. It is not the most devastating crisis we've ever dealt with because the way we're handling it, it's blown it way out of proportion. But we just need to keep, get up, go to work, get your kids in school because this is what bothers me. All the little kids, and I'm talking the five, six, seven year olds, but you know, they look forward to that breakfast and lunch and they look forward to a warm classroom and they look forward to probably not getting, you know, hearing cussing or seeing drugs being done or slapped around or being sexually abused. That's an out for them and a safe place. And we're taking that safe place away. And there's so many fundamental, uh, that's, that's our foundation right there, that five, six, seven, eight-year-old. You know, there's so many things a child learns right there that sets the path for the rest of their life. And people just got to get over themselves. I mean, come on. This is not like we've got arms cut off across the United States and everybody's bleeding. It is a virus. It's a flu. And I'm not saying my husband had it. He had it bad, but he just got over it. You take the appropriate steps at the appropriate time. You get over it and you move on. And I hate that, you know, people are dying from it. But like I think Becky said the other day when we were talking, we are going to succumb to something in this life that's going to take us. And I don't know what that is, but I'm not going to live in fear of it constantly. I don't think that's what my God wants me to do. I think he wants me to get up. And my witness is, is my work and how I treat people. And if somebody gets it in our, in our work, we're going to let them stay home. So it's not exposed to everybody else. And, you know, in the CDC recommended time, but it's just silly. It just makes me just, it just burns me because it's so silly. Let's just stay home. I just, oh, it, it aggravates me how people act like that. Yeah, I think it's the worst thing that we can be doing. And I think that um, a lot of these people that are dying, obviously, they have other conditions going on, most of them do. 
But I also think that they're not being treated properly because if you remember, they wouldn't give them hydroxychloroquine for the longest time. And I don't know if they are or if every doctor is, but there are things that will mitigate this virus for sure. And a lot of people were not given it. So I think that that's been a problem. That's a whole nother discussion though. I agree with you, Linda. The medications that would set off the virus, the doctors were told they couldn't use it. Or not only that, the pharmacies were not given the medication to even hand it out. So this was all a political move to create a process that would create a result. And so now the CDC is coming back out and say, oh, now we do know that hydroxychloroquine works. We do know that this other medication works. If given in the proper time and if the doctors would go ahead and do it, now they're allowed to because the election is over with. Let's just be honest. It was used to control the election and now they're using it to control I'm not sure what, but the CDC came out this morning and said, well, two masks is better than one. Why don't we just wear five? I mean, come on. If somebody gets the virus, then treat them for the virus. But let's not continue to put restraints on people so they cannot live, so that our children cannot learn, and so that people cannot do or be held accountable and perform the responsibilities that they were to perform even before all of this happened. Well, I totally agree with that. And, you know, on another note, one of the other things that Mr. Biden has done is to allow illegal immigrants to flow back over the border. And as we in Texas know, they absolutely are doing that every day, where his ruling is that anybody coming into our country on an airplane has to have a negative COVID test. These people flowing across our southern border in all of our border states have no test at all. And in fact, they're not stopping them and they are not housing them and they're not feeding them and they're not transporting them. So they are coming into the country and bringing all of that with them. So this just really seems like a bit of hypocrisy to me. My saying is exactly what both of you are saying is get these kids back in school tomorrow and let's get on with life for everybody and get our kids back in, you know, in the process of learning and the process of socializing and the process of being safer. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at AmericaOutloud.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older, until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multi-nutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. 
award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Well, OWN TV host Dr. Laura Berman's 16-year-old son died from an apparent overdose on the weekend. From drugs, she says, he obtained from using Snapchat. So... As to what we were talking about in the last segment about our kids needing to be in school, needing to be involved in organize, organized sports or things that they would be involved with friends. Instead, we have a 16-year-old boy who's in his room using Snapchat because he's not in school and he gets hooked up with some bad characters on the internet and they sell him drugs. They don't know exactly what the drugs were, but they assume that it was something like Xanax laced with fentanyl. Well, if you know anything about fentanyl, it takes a microscopic amount of fentanyl to kill someone. So this young man who is the light of his mother's life is gone because some dirtbag drug dealer sold him something that was laced with something else. This just brings up so many issues in my mind about what we just talked about, about our kids being in school, our kids needing to have things to do, not have nothing to do. And it also brings up to my mind, you know, parents really need to kind of monitor what their kids are doing on the internet. I know that that's really hard. It's easy to say it's hard to do. Having uh, raised us little kids, I know that for sure but we've got to do it and protect our kids. But the other thing that it brings up that is really upsetting to me is once again, we have opened the borders, which President Trump had closed so effectively. And we are now allowing people completely unvetted to cross our borders every day by the thousands, bringing in drugs, human trafficking, children that are not theirs, diseases. And this, this says nothing about, I, I don't know, you know, sometimes when you say something like that, you get called all kinds of racist and xenophobic and all these different names it has nothing to do with that. Let's talk reality here. What we are dealing with in this country, most of these drugs flow over that Mexican border. We need to have the wall. We need to have people coming through the ports so that we can vet them and know what we're dealing with. But we've just lost that. So I, I, my heart breaks for this mother losing her, her child, just absolutely the light of her life. And all three of us here talking today are mothers. So I mean, Tracy, wh what, what is, is your impression when you hear a story like this? Oh, it makes me sad for her. It just the mother just breaks my heart for her because she, you know, so many things going through her mind and why, 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 and I don't know how you and I'm a mother and my youngest is 22, but social media is man, it's a giant. 
it's a giant. And to monitor that, I don't have the answer. It's just awful that she lost her baby. You know, you, I don't know, Linda. I don't know how you would, the kids, you've got to, even if you make them get up and you say, okay, you got to do this, this, this today, and this is your list, and you try to be the best parent you can and put three meals on the table and make sure all their basic needs are met and then try to teach them to be responsible adults, you know, you start molding them to be responsible adults. Social media just creeps in like, just like a serpent, man. It's just a snake and it, it's awful. It's awful. She could have done everything right this whole 16 years. And and obviously those 16 years were a gift to her. And I know that's how she feels about it. And she could have done everything right. But just that one split decision he made took his life and it's very very sad and yes we've opened our borders now to oh everything it's not good it's not good i want to read a quote that she wrote in this article and she shows a picture of her hugging her son he looks to be about maybe 10 years old in this picture and she says my beautiful boy is gone 16 years old sheltering at home. She wrote on Instagram along with a photo of her and her son hugging. My heart is completely shattered and I'm not sure how to keep breathing. I only post this now so that not one other child dies. And I I can't even imagine. My youngest is 36 and I can't imagine losing a child to anything but but to lose her son because he was home, because our government told us that that's the best way to treat whatever is going on in our country right now, unsupervised and allowed to go on all of these social media areas where people with inappropriate motives are targeting our young people. And yes, Linda, I agree with you. Mr. Biden is undoing all of the good that President Trump did when he was in office. I read an article just recently where at the border in Texas, a semi full of undocumented immigrants had been confiscated, found out about, and sent back over the border, but how many get from the other side into our country and their motives are not good? I mean, President Trump had cleaned up the gangs in New York and stopped a lot of the illegal drugs infiltrating our country. And now we are back to letting anybody in, bringing anything they want, affecting anyone in our family. And the social media, where if it's Instagram, it could be TikTok, it could be the chat areas, it could be any of these social areas where our kids can get a hold of and talk to people and get in chat rooms. Those are the ones that are going to be targeted and they're just 
easy prey on someone who doesn't want to do the right thing, but is looking to harm others. Well, that's absolutely true. And, you know, it, it goes even deeper when they are defunding our police departments. And when you defund police departments, you take away critical units within the departments that handle things like cybercrime or uh, people that are hanging out in some of these social media places that are looking for child predators or drug sellers. And when we disable that and we defund the departments and they have to cancel those portions of their services, we all lose and our children lose. We, four years ago, when President Trump came in, and I I don't want to make this a political statement. It's just, as I see it, a matter of fact. We had just a horrible problem with drugs and our children dying from opioids, particularly in the Northeast area of the country. And President Trump was very, very committed to helping that situation and making it not be as bad as it was. And he did that by closing down the border. This president has in effect made the entire country a sanctuary country and these people are now pouring back over the border with, you know, you have to remember that Mexican cartels take advantage of this and start moving tons and tons of drugs up into our country. Where do they go? They go to your child and my child. They go to your wife, your husband. They go to your sister, to your parents. They, they're not... They, they don't discriminate in who they kill. So that's really, really worrisome to me. And I, I mean, just this whole story breaks my heart in so many ways because I can see a child on Snapchat. I mean, Snapchat seems so innocent, you know, on its face, but yet there are predators out there everywhere. And when you take into account all of the things that we're doing by now having people coming back over the border, bringing more drugs, now we're defunding the police. Now we're letting criminals out that have been arrested. Now we are not allowing people to be deported for committing these types of crimes of selling that child, those drugs. Then, I mean, this is a recipe for disaster for families and for our youth, as, as I see it. It is, and I agree with you, Linda, on that as far as defending the police because, you know, all your experience, these people are trained to handle these situations, and I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose the resources that we have. And by defending the police and all these special um, trained, I don't know the word for it, um, people and folks that can handle the situation it just it's gonna it's scary it's gonna get bad and I I feel for the younger you know the the parents of the you know the 30 year old parents that have kids and coming into schools and trying to monitor and police all this it's just I don't know I don't have the answer either, but I know by opening borders and defunding the police definitely does not 
help this situation at all. And and that's why why we would do that as a nation just blows my mind. No common sense whatsoever. Well, I believe it was California recently that decided that small amounts of meth, opioids, or any other kind of illegal drug was not going to be prosecuted. It was okay. They were going to let it go. And I'm looking at this article where this poor mother was interviewed, and this child was a straight-A student. He's getting ready for college. There was really no reason for him to have gone in this direction other than people preying on our children for financial reasons. And these drugs are coming from filthy labs in Mexico. They pretty much know where they are, but the authorities are, their hands are tied now because Mr. Biden has taken away the ability for them to stop this. And if parents and people don't wake up, we are going to lose this nation to the cartel and to those people that are only interested in what it is going to do for them financially and how it's going to give them power. And then they target our children because they are the ones that are most vulnerable because they are on social media, maybe because some of them are not in school and they're bored and they have nothing else to do. We need to get our nation back and we need to put it back in a situation where things are safe for our children, safe for us to go outside, safe for us to believe that the people we've elected are doing what we've elected them to do instead of doing what's best for them. And that is striving for power and financial reasons. And I think that's what's happening. You have to trace the money. Everybody says, follow the money. That's where you're gonna find the crime. And I believe this parent, I can't imagine, again, what she is going through or what any other parent goes through. I know my aunt specifically lost three of her children to drugs, and one is not on drugs. I'm not sure anymore, but I know that the three of her children have all succumbed to drugs and I just can't imagine how she deals with it and how she puts one foot in front of the other. But because she has faith in our God, she says that's the only way. And I, I have to admire her because she's, her faith apparently is stronger than mine. I don't know how I would deal with it if I were to lose a child like that. Hopefully I would my faith would be strong enough that God would pull me through it and I would continue to put one foot in front of the other. But I feel so sad for these parents when they're having to go through this. Well, and there's thousands and thousands in our country in that situation. And as we've been saying, I think that the school closures that continue after a year are exacerbating the problem because our youth is bored they don't have work they don't have school and you know i mean kids are high energy kind of people they they need something to keep them occupied 
So unless you're a high energy kind of parent that you can keep your kid occupied, uh, it's, it's tough. And they find things to do and kids will be kids. They find ways to get in trouble. That's just what they do. So, you know, we just have to have to keep pushing it at really all of the things that we're talking about, keep pushing to get our schools back open, keep pushing to really keep our borders closed and to keep people that commit crimes in jail where they belong and stop defunding our police so that we can get these people off the street when they do get caught. My fellow Americans, our mission here at AmericaOutloud.com is clear. We're here to defend our founding values and principles at a moment when they are under unprecedented assault. And to cover the news objectively and offer intelligent commentary on the challenges we face as a nation. You can tune in and join our family of listeners 24-7 in this vital crusade. Our apps are on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Find us on iHeartRadio or our world-class media player. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Well, ladies, I have been researching hair products and I've been thinking about doing a new hairdo and looking for products that help my hair. So I've been scanning all these products. Seems like this age, I don't know, my hair is kind of getting thinner and I don't like it. I mean, all you women out there with that lush, beautiful hair that you gripe about, be thankful for it. So I've been really researching products and I thought, have you all ever thought about using Gorilla Glue in your hair? I mean, maybe just getting that perfect look and just maybe slicking down a little fuzz here and there. I mean, I'm thinking about trying it. What do you, what do you girls think? (laughs) There's a story coming on here, Tracy. I want to hear it. So this lady uses Gorilla Glue and is just devastated and just like her life is just awful. She just can't believe it has burnt her scalp and that she may have to cut her ponytail off. I, You know, and she's thinking about hiring her lawyer to sue Gorilla Glue. And I'm thinking, 
why would you put Gorilla Glue in your hair? Why? Does that not common sense? I mean, do we have to label everything now and say, don't do that? I mean, that's just common sense. Don't put Gorilla Glue, Super Glue, any kind of glue in your hair. Don't do it. Don't do it. That's common sense. I think that they got her ponytail off now, I heard. But um, I don't know if you have heard the latest, but a surgeon is flying her, I think, to California to do a three-day surgery. So three separate, you know, surgeries, because apparently you can only do so much in a day to get this off her scalp. And I'm picturing, you know, like taking her skin with it because Gorilla Glue is pretty strong stuff. Well, yeah, it's strong stuff. And I feel sorry for it because, I mean, that was just not smart. And I'm sure her scalp's burning. It's terrible. It's terrible. But don't go on Internet and or social media and say you're going to sue because you use Gorilla Glue. I'm sure she's hurting, but you should have been smarter than that. I mean, that's just cold, hard truth. And now she has a, what, a, a GoFundMe account so that people, you know, she can buy wigs. And I'm just thinking, oh, we're easily entertained around this country anymore. Well, I, I, I loved I loved what the Gorilla Glue, how they responded. They said the makers of Gorilla Glue have wished her the best following the news of her sticky situation. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, people. I know. Does there have to be a disclaimer on everything? Are we not intelligent to know enough to not put certain things on certain objects like Gorilla Glue. I mean, now do we have to, I know there's a disclaimer on Insta Glue or that, what is it, that um, uh, stuff that sets really fast, you know, you put it on yeah. between your two fingers and you're gonna, you're gonna glue your fingers together and then, then what do you do? Um, people use their brains. It's just ridiculous of what, what the companies will do now. I mean, everybody is so crazy. So how can I make a quick buck? I think she's um, burned herself to the point where the quick buck's not going to be all that impressive. Kudos to the doctor that's going to (laughs) help fix her scalp. I mean, you know, bless her heart. Yeah, she's got to have, maybe he'll give her a little lesson on not doing that again. Oh, but you know, that's his $12,000 surgery and he's doing it at no charge. I, I agree with you. I mean, you, you just, you can probably fix her hair eventually, but you can't fix kind of stupid. stupid. I mean, that's just, that is just common sense. And it's sad that, that the answer to somebody is suing somebody and making them accountable for your stupidity. I don't agree with that at all. Hey ladies, I want to do something a little bit different than we usually do. So first, before I do that, let me introduce our host today. Today we have Tracy Halpane. Tracy is a businesswoman extraordinaire. She runs several businesses in Oklahoma and she also raises a full, huge ranch of bucking bulls of which I am a proud owner of some. And I um, have known Tracy for years and love her to pieces. And Tracy, you don't need to change a thing about your hair. And I'd like to introduce um, Becky Stokes. Becky is a is and has been a homemaker for all of her adult life. I mean, 
Becky, how many kids do you have? Uh, four, and the oldest one is 46. Oh, my. Well, <laughs> Becky was one of those rare moms these days who got to stay home and, you know, raise her kids up. And that's absolutely wonderful. She also ran the Trump train in Texas. And um, she did a wonderful job at that. She's a great, great organizer. And I am Linda Martinelli. I am also a business owner and entrepreneur and also the co-host with my husband, Dr. Ron Martinelli of Talking While Mary right here on America Out Loud every weeknight at 8 p.m. Hope you can join us there. Well, let me go back to what I wanted to, to do. I'm going to just throw a few things at you that are random that I have, you know, kind of been looking at and little stories. And I, and I just want your quick takes on these, some good, some bad, some eh, right in the middle. So the, the first one I want to say to women, to all women, a news report just came out, which I was very, very interested in that says that if you had the COVID vaccine, do not schedule your mammogram anytime near you having that vaccine. And I will tell you that on a very personal level, that was a big shock to me. And I'll tell you why, because I had my COVID vaccine and I had a mammogram within just a couple of days and I immediately got called back. And you know how your heart is pounding and you're, oh my God, my life is over. All of those feelings. And what happens, they have found, is that when you have a COVID vaccine, your lymph nodes tend to enlarge a bit in your armpits and particularly in the arm, on the arm side that you had the shot. Me, I had it in my left arm. And you can get some false readings. So that happened to me. And I want to tell you, it was not fun to go through. I had to go back and have lots of tests that I wouldn't have needed to have if, you know, if, if I had seen that article before. So Tracy, what's your thoughts on that? I didn't know that Linda. I didn't know that they, they were saying that. Wow. That needs to be, I need to be spreading that in my little world because, yeah, once you get that, you get the mammogram, you get it over with, but then when you get that call, you're like, oh, no, you know, that would scare you to death. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I'm going to start spreading that. My thoughts is that needs to be out there because that's very, that's a touchy, touchy thing for women anyway, you know, and if you've ever been called back on a mammogram, it scares you to death. And so, Wow. I'll be sharing that information. Thank you for that. Well, I think with this vaccine, they are finding out before they started giving it, they are finding out now after they've started giving it, a lot of things that they should have known beforehand. They've not, in my opinion, given it time to figure out what the good and negative things are about it. I've got a whole list of things here that somebody decided to put together. And it says, can I stop wearing a mask? No, you still have to wear a mask. Can I go to restaurants? No. Uh, will I get COVID? Probably, because it doesn't prevent it. 
Um, am I contagious to others? Yes. Can I still get it? Yes. Uh, can the, can If we vaccinate children, will they get to go back to school? No. Do I still have to isolate? Yes. And so the list goes on. I have more. And so I know that you've got it, Linda, and it is a choice that we all make, but I'm wondering if we can't do any of these things or it doesn't accomplish any of these things, then why do we get it? I'm interested in finding out from you, Linda, why you decided to get it. Well, first of all, the list that you just read is definitely not the list that I was given. So I, I don't think that, that it is all as bad as what you're saying there, but yes, they still do want you to wear a mask. So I, here's what I'll say in the first eight days after you get shot one, you can still get it the same way you could have gotten it, um, you know, before you had the shot. So you still need to do the same things you've been doing. So if you are wearing a mask, wear the mask, if you were doing whatever you do, you know, live, live how you were living that you avoided it. Then after that, it says that so you have 95% um, protection. So of course you still have 5% exposure. I want to live my life. That's why Becky, that's why I got the shot. I want to travel and I want to live my life. Now that one thing I wanted to do pretty quickly was go to Italy. I can't because Europe is not allowing people in from the United States. So when that opens up, then I'll go, but I, wanted protection. And I absolutely am glad that I got the shot and I do feel protected. So that was the reason. Let me go on to another one here. Um, you know, I don't know if you both remember some years ago, they were talking about coffee being bad for you. And I love coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. And I was kind of devastated at that, but I kind of ignored it because, you know, they also said chocolate wasn't good for you. And that's not something I'm ever going to give up. Well, now the news article is that your daily cup of Joe might be doing good by your heart, namely by helping you to reduce the risk of heart failure. So if you have more than one cup of caffeinated coffee a day, you have an associated decrease long-term heart failure risk. So how about that? Well, I don't drink coffee. Um, I mean, I may have some here and there, but I'm not a coffee drinker. So that's interesting to know. I may have to try it, try a little, <laughs> try it, try to find one I like. And then if it helps your heart, I, and my husband doesn't drink it either. We're not coffee drinkers. So that is good to know. They just come out with stuff. They'll say, don't do this and then do this and then do. Th I mean, I'm like you, Linda. You just got to live your life and go with it. And when you go to Italy, I want to go with you. <laughs> well, that, I, think that it, happen. <laughs> I think it depends on who's the loudest lobbyist. It appears that the lobbyists are the ones that get people to make these decisions about different things. You know, I think anything in excess is probably not good for you. And so we are a nation of excess, but we need to learn to live within boundaries and have a little bit of self-control. I'm not going to give my coffee up. I have sometimes two or three cups in the morning, sometimes just one, and I'm not giving up chocolate either. It's my all-time favorite. So, um, 
I, you gotta have some fun in life, huh? Chocolate and you know, coffee. That's just we like it. You know, I'm 70 years old. You know, if I live another 10, 15, 20 years, I'm good to go. So <laughs> or enjoy that chocolate and coffee, or enjoy coffee with chocolate. Exactly. Right. I, oh, I, Linda. Yeah, Linda. I. I do have a story that kind of goes back to the one that we started off with on the whole glue thing. Many years ago, we read an article where this man decided he was going to use his lawnmower to trim his hedges. Okay, so he's going to pick his lawnmower up and trim his hedges. Well, he cut off his hand because obviously a lawnmower is not a shrub cutter. Yeah, right. He's... He sued Sears for it and won. So talk about people not using their brains. They haven't gotten any smart since probably about 35 years ago, because that's how long ago this happened. You know, um, and, and this is a bad thing to have our, our country be so litigious that we're just suing everybody for everything. And I, I know for sure that, you know, we definitely see it on the law enforcement side, no matter what act you're committing that is bad and wrong and illegal, you end up suing the cops because you got caught or you got shot or, you know, uh, we, we have got to stop that in this country. And until we stop it, then we're going to have this continue. And the reason we won't stop it is because there's money involved. So there's money for the lawyer and there's money for the victor. So sheesh. <laughs> yeah. That work thing is just not so popular anymore. Is it that whole yeah. work gig? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why, why, why work when you can, you know, live your life and do nothing, you know, good for anybody and then sue somebody and make a bundle of money. I mean, that, that's kind of crazy. I have a really good news story. We just have a couple of minutes. I have a good news story and I just want a quick take on it. I don't know if you saw this story that there was three Cuban nationals who were rescued after being marooned on a Bahamian island for 33 days. The island was uninhabited. No people, no nothing on the island. Their boat sank on the way from Cuba to Florida and they had to swim and they made it to this island and uninhabited, nothing on the island, and um, two men and a woman, coconuts, rats, and uh, conches. So the, the, the shell with the, you know, the animal in it, yeah. the meat. Yeah, so conch that is, that is what they lived on. Coconut and rat and conch shells. Conch, conch shells. Shells. Yeah, I'm, wondering, I'm wondering if I mean I don't think that they would have had fire, so I don't know how you cook that rat. That concerns me a little bit, but sushi made in different ways. Oh, gross! <laughs> All right, thirty-three oh. days. Of, thirty-three days of that. So that's. I mean, it's a good news story that they were found alive and they did not have any serious injuries. But I'm just thinking about that diet. Boy, I tell you what, I would I would be losing some weight there. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. So I'd have be you never praying? 
Have y'all never had conch fritters? Oh yeah, that's oh. that's okay. I don't <laughs> much rat though. <laughs> no, a friend of mine who was a missionary a long time ago in one of the uh, third world countries had to eat the fattened rat, he called it, in order to gain this tribe's confidence and be able to witness to them. And he got sick, of course, uh, because it wasn't really cooked. The hair and everything was still attached. Oh. But, oh, but it, Becky. Well, it reminds me of that story that you just, I mean, how would you skin the rat? How would they eat that rat? I don't know, but let, don't let's know. let's leave people with that thought, and <laughs> we'll we'll see them next time. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind. 